it got me thinking, right? It got me thinking about what does that really mean for us? And before I dive into that, just let me underscore what I'm saying by the fact that I am in a thousand percent agreement with the fact that this is a reflection of privilege and white supremacy, right? This is just it in a different form because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, we say terms like systemic, you know, oppression and racism, you know, there, there are these buzzwords, but when you really think about what it is, it's like literally a well-oiled machine. It's very well thought out and, you know, it's layered, right? There's depths to it. And we got to realize that racism is a spectrum. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. And today, it's just me. No guest. I don't get as many opportunities to do solo episodes anymore because I've had the luxury of having some really, really great guests on. But uh, I feel like now is the time for me to speak. There's some things that I want to say. And typically, you know, when I have a guest on, it's all about uh, making sure that I get a chance to dissect and talk about what matters to them while I have them on the show. So, you know, I don't get a chance to really voice my individual opinions um, as much as I did in the early days of my podcast when, you know, uh, it was just me. Uh, So I always welcome these opportunities to come back and uh, just, you know, talk, talk a little bit, share what's on my mind. And I think now is a better time than any uh, to do so. So before we get started, let's just hop into a few housekeeping things. Number one, uh, thank you guys so much for the support. Um, If you've listened to one episode or all 70, you know, I'm so appreciative of the support. Uh, You know, we continue to grow our listenership. Is that a word? Um, We have listeners in over 50 plus countries. I think it's actually more than that. But the tool that I use to track it, uh, I think it only goes up to like 50. So I'm I'm very, 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 very thankful for all of the feedback, the reviews and just the the love. So besides that, besides the, um, you know, the love and the listens all over the world, uh, you know, thank you for just tapping into the content, uh, you know, since. I think the last time I had a solo podcast, you know, we've been doing a lot more content on social channels. We've been getting some really good engagement and, you know, a lot of exciting things that are coming. We have four courses that are dropping. Uh, We got an app that's dropping in Q3, which I'm super excited about. And it feels good to even finally be able to say that it's actually formally dropping. We got some new merch uh, in the Melanin Money Store. Uh, just dropped the normalized black wealth shirts again for a limited time. Go grab those at melaninmoney.com. All that info will be in the show notes. We're just really, really excited about the things that we're doing and able to do in the financial literacy space. And just to provide you an opportunity at all angles. The firm is doing some really great stuff. You know, as you know, we brought on tax planning this year, helping people save thousands of dollars in taxes. Uh, if, you're, if you want to get started in investing, we have the ability you know, to help you with that and got some more automated options for you in the near future future. So guys, just thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. But remember, this is kind of like the starting point, but the goal is to have you guys go out and do some other stuff, right? Open up your investment account, work with the financial advisor, 
Um, heck, read some free blog posts, take some courses, because if we don't apply the information that we're learning, then, you know, what are we really doing? Right. So enough of the housekeeping stuff. Let's get into the episode. So today I wanted to talk about um, solutions. Right. Like, what do we need to do? Where do we go from here? And since, uh, man, I mean, we're just in such tumultuous times between a if a global pandemic wasn't enough, then, you know, a racial uproar or, or I should say an unveiling of just the mistreatment of black people um, has just been amplified. Right. And there's just so much going on. And, you know, as you know, I've always been compelled and very intentional about creating space for uh, people of color, particularly um, on the economic side of things and helping, you know, give access to resources and information and just really tangible action items uh, to move the economic agenda forward. But when I saw what was going on, I knew that I needed to turn it up a little bit. Right. I knew that the stove was on simmer and we needed to move to a boil um, very, very fastly. And so, uh, you know, I've been just sitting and plotting and strategizing and thinking about what does that look like? How can I, how can we move things forward? But what, what is my, my skin in the game? And, you know, what is my stake to be able to really, you know, drive change in this area? And I wanted to impact something that I shared on my social media earlier this week uh, as to, you know, what I believe will be a catalyst and a very important pillar in moving things forward. All right. So first and foremost, let me just you know, throw this disclaimer out. I am a thousand percent in agreement with the fact that, you know, the way, let me back up a little bit just to give you guys context. So what I posted on my social media was in reference to a thread that I saw that was basically highlighting some of the biggest, best, brightest companies that we all know, right? Your Airbnbs of the world, your Facebook, your Zooms, your Amazon, you know, all these major companies, right? And it was highlighting the level of executive leadership that was represented by black people. And of course, at the highest level, uh, it was very marginal at best. And, you know, I saw people that were like, you know, this is ridiculous. And you say you want change, but you don't have change at the top. And, you know, you were not represented in your companies and calling these companies out and rightfully so. Right. I'm on board with that. Rightfully so. Kudos to the person who created that thread and right and shared that message. It got me thinking, right? It got me thinking about what does that really mean for us? And before I dive into that, just let me underscore what I'm saying by the fact that I am in a thousand percent agreement with the fact that this is a reflection of privilege and white supremacy, right? This is just it in a different form because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, we say terms like systemic, you know, oppression and racism, you know, they're, they're these buzzwords. But when you really think about what it is, it's like literally a well-oiled machine. It was, it's very well thought out and, you know, it's layered, right? There's depths to it. And we got to realize that racism is a spectrum, right? People typically think about racism like the over redneck, uh, hillbilly, KKK, white cape wearing guy or girl, right? But racism is a spectrum. You know, that's one end of the spectrum, the more extreme end. And then on one end, you have these systems and this infrastructure that's been developed that you, that white people benefit from, and they have no desire to break it down. And they know that they benefit from it. That's a spectrum of racism. You know, when a black person gets on the elevator and your thought, whatever that thought is, is different than when a white person gets on, that's a spectrum of racism that you don't know. Some people use these scientific words like implicit bias and all that, whatever you want to call it. Right. But it's on the spectrum of racism. 
So I get that. I just wanted to underscore, you know, what I was going to talk about because I didn't want people to think I was marginalizing the fact that these companies need to show up and have representation for people of color if they continue to, and I won't use the word exploit, but profit from people of color, right? I get that. And I agree with all of that. My thing is that at the end of the day, demanding a seat at their table will never get us to where we want to be. We have to create our own. And we've heard that before. You know, we've heard that ownership is the key. We've heard it. We've heard it. We've heard it. But yet there's some part of a lot of people of color, black people that want and have this expectation for our white counterparts to willingly and freely give up their privilege. But I look at it very simply, you know, I have a black owned business and I only have one white employee, right? And she's a rock star, but I only have one. And I'm not saying I would never hire another one, but the reality is, right? I hired as a result of proximity. I hired as a result of what I believe to be a cultural fit, right? You know, and at the end of the day, I'm a black boss. I hire black people. Let's keep it simple, right? As my business grows, I can't, I might not be able to just arbitrarily make those decisions. And I have to be very thoughtful about who I hire, making sure they're the right fit. And I know that there's black people at the highest level who will be. But at the end of the day, I'm a black man who owns a black business who hired black people, right? And so privilege aside, I don't think it's that far-fetched that if the company is majority white owned, that they're going to have majority white leadership. It's that simple, right? And sure, you can protest with your dollars by not supporting these companies, which is a great start. But what happens when we don't have a viable alternative? Are you going to just not use that thing that you use every day? Or are you going to go back to the company when it does settles, right? People were up in arms about H&M. And that's a retail brand. God knows there's so many different options for clothes. And people, in a few weeks, accepted whatever pseudo apology. And they're back at H&M, right? Because it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. So the, the, the post that sparked this kind of podcast, right? This thought was that until you value your freedom more than you value your convenience, do not expect much to change, right? I'll say that one more time. Until you value your freedom more than you value your convenience, do not expect much to change. And so what we have to realize is, and we might not want to admit it in public, like we have these great threads about support black business and it's cute and we go to a restaurant or buy some syrup or buy some clothes or whatever it is. But the moment that black business it becomes inconvenient for you to support it. That's when people start to shy away. It's like, ooh, I'm pro-black, but this Amazon two-day shipping though, right? And the first solution to our problem, the first thing we must consider is that we all must be willing to be temporarily inconvenienced in order to give black businesses the support and time they need to grow, right? Of course, the, the black owned business infrastructure is not going to be as robust as the venture backed company from Silicon Valley. Right. And again, racism is a spectrum. When you look at who gets funding across the board from VC, private equity, hedge fund, whatever. Right disproportionately is given to white males, right? And so let's just let's just break it down in a, in a very, very simple way, because most people look at black owned businesses and they say, oh, my God, the customer service sucks. I don't do business with black people because they always they don't do right. OK. All right. Let's let's analyze that. I'm a small black owned business who forget the VC funding, right? The, the bank won't give me money, right? We know, we know how long that, that goes on and that's still common today, right? Can't get money from the bank, not getting investments from major VC funds or anything like that, right? 
So then if you don't have the money, then what does that mean? It means that I can't either hire the top talent I need to help me grow and support the business. It might mean that I can't afford to buy the right type of technology and systems and operations to really help grow and scale my business. And if I can't do that, that means as the owner or the few people that do work for my business, I'm wearing very, very many hats, right? If I'm wearing many hats, that means I'm likely stretched thin. If I'm likely stretched thin, that means I'm likely going to do what? Drop some balls, right? And that's just the reality of the situation. But no one wants to look at it like that. Not to mention that black people will give white owned businesses, large conglomerates, all this grace, right? Lost packages, lackluster customer service, and just chalk it up like, oh my gosh, that sucks. Oh, no, no, no. But let a black owned business, like it's almost like you feel entitled, like y'all better not, like you doing them a favor. Like I could have shot at this company, but I supported you, you better not drop the ball. And don't give black owned businesses no grace given the context that I just gave, right? These white owned companies had a 400 year head start. What do you expect, right? They had a 400 year head start. They get access to all the funding disproportionately, right? The country is literally designed for them to thrive and you want to turn your nose up at a black owned business that's trying. So in order for the, for things to change for us economically, we have to be willing to be temporarily inconvenienced in order to give black owned businesses the support and time they need to grow, right? We have to do it because if you're not willing to give up your convenience to give the business enough support and time and grace to grow, they're never going to get there. Right. Because it's not just about the investments. Right. At the end of the day, it's all about people using or supporting the business financially. So if we use the products and services consistently, the business is going to generate more income. Right. When the business generates more income, they can then allocate more resources When they allocate more resources, they can build better infrastructure. When they build better infrastructure, they can have better service, right? It's a a domino effect. But that first domino can't lay down if we don't give these businesses grace. I'm willing to bet because same thing happened with Gucci, right? Oh, my God, Gucci's racist. Oh, my God. And then you buy Gucci in two weeks. I don't own anything Gucci. I bought a fake Gucci bag one time in D.C., I think. They told me it was real, but I was like in college. But anyways, why are you so forgiving of these big white brands and won't give your brothers and sisters any grace. I don't understand. You're not doing them favors, right? You're helping propel the mission of economic empowerment forward. But guys, we got to be willing to give that grace. They need our support. They need us, right? That is what's going to push things forward. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another segment of Fix Your Finances Friday where every single Friday we help you fix something specific as it relates to your finances. All right, so this week, what are we doing to fix our finances? We want you to sell some shit, right? <laughs> like if you have something that's sitting around in your house that you're not using, there's too many online outlets that you can sell stuff on, whether it's Poshmark, Amazon, eBay, Instagram stories, like sell something, right? Sell something so that you can get some money in your pockets for the unused crap that you have, right? What are you not using in your house? Let's free up some cash 
cash flow. Let's sell it. Let's get it off your hands and actually make something worthwhile. So what are we going to do this week? We're going to find something around our house that we can sell. Or maybe we're going to be really abstract about it. Do you have a product or service that you haven't driven traffic to in a while? Sell it, right? Sell something. Slide in somebody's DM. Hey, I see you do this. This might be really valuable for you. Here's a 20% promo code. Buy this, right? Sales is a contact sport. It baffles me that people are wondering why they don't sell enough stuff. They're not pushing it, right? You got to push it. Push it. Push it real good. But yeah, sales is a contact sport. You got to push your stuff. You got to promote your stuff. Whether it's something laying around your house that you're not using, sell it. Or whether it's a product or service that you just thought somebody was going to click the link in your bio because it's just chilling out that you thought they were going to buy something, but you're not promoting it actively. Sell something. That's what you're going to do this week to fix your finances. Come back and let me know what you sold, how much you made, and I want you to keep doing it. All right, what's the next thing we can do? All right, this one is gonna, this is this is an important one, right? Black businesses must be willing to consolidate, merge, and come together in order to grow and scale faster, okay? We have way too many one-man, one-woman companies that are not positioned for real growth and scale. So let's go back to uh, to the first point, right? I said that you don't have enough money, so then you ultimately can't hire top talent, you know, balls get dropped, et cetera, et cetera. So when you don't have access to that capital, what's the next best thing you can do, right? Next best thing you can do is come together with another business who has a similar vision and y'all can do what? Y'all now can cut expenses because instead of you having an office, them having an office, y'all got one office, right? One office space collectively. The same software that they they need, you need. So now you're able to split that in half, right? So you're able to cut expenses and then you're also most likely that for that person that you couldn't hire, now you have another person who can perform another function, right? In the business. So instead of you having to be wear seven hats, maybe now you can wear three. It's still not perfect, but a much better situation than it was before. Now, here's the kicker though. You know, us black people, we got a real big chip on our shoulder because it was so hard to get here, so hard to get your business off the ground. It's so hard to create anything that oftentimes we tie our identity to the things that we create. And not a big deal per se. Like I get it. Um, There's a whole another conversation for another day as to why I wouldn't do that. But I understand why you would tie your identity to your business. But the purpose of me bringing that up is with the context of ego, right? Everybody wants their name on the door, right? Everybody wants their name on the wall. Everybody wants to be the face of the company. And that's why there a lot of people aren't willing to consolidate, right? A lot of people aren't willing to put that aside to scale and grow. And if you're not willing to do that, I'm telling you, you're going to have a much, much harder battle uphill. Me, me and the, my good friend, one of my best friends, we both had separate registered investment advisory firms. We had the same expenses, cost us the same to get registered, cost us the same to maintain our business. And we were running shops alongside each other. And at some point it was like, why, right? Why are we doing this? Why wouldn't we come together? Why wouldn't we consolidate? And and business has grown. I mean, shoot, we officially merged last year. And I would say since last year, my business is up over 300%. And that's not just the byproduct of the merger, right? It was, you know, kind of perfect storm. And, you know, we are, you know, a lot of good things happening right now with the business and just timing. But I definitely do believe that that would play a role in us growing to another level is willing to consolidate. But there's so much ego. And again, partnerships and business going into business with people is very nuanced. I'm not saying just get into bed with anybody, but what I am saying 
is if JP Morgan and Chase, if two billion dollar companies separately can come together, you and I can come together, right? But we have to get out of our own way. And remember that when you come together with somebody else or a group of other people, it's not about uniformity. It's not like, oh my gosh, I have to do the exact same thing the exact same way. It's about unity, right? It's about how can we move together for a common cause, right? I'm almost certain that there's subtle differences that both play a really important role in taking a business to the next level that once you guys sit down and really think about it, you'll realize like, oh, great. It's great that we're coming together because I can double down on this area. You can double down on that. Or you're really good at digital marketing. I'm really good at, you know, operations. And then now you're not having to wear so many freaking hats. So I'm telling you, we have got to see small black owned businesses willing to come together to merge, right? So that you can also kind of aggregate the attention, right? Why, why do you think big companies go out and acquire, you know, their competitors, you know, because it's like, Hey, well, if I just acquired the competitor, then all the attention is going to come our way. So it, it doesn't have to be an acquisition situation. It can be, Hey, look, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. You know, instead of splitting the attention and us, we could probably save some money on marketing. And if we were, you know, the one of the only few people they had an option to come to, right. Cause we decided to consolidate instead of split the market. You know, what you'll realize at the highest level in business is a lot of times choice is really an illusion, right? I, I remember I learned this a long time ago in my consumer behavior marketing class back in college. And I don't remember the exact stack. It was something like 300 businesses that brands of green beans, right? 300 different brands of green beans, yet only three companies manufactured them, right? The illusion of choice, right? It's the same reason why uh, PayPal owns Venmo, right? The illusion of choice. It's the same reason why I don't think they own them anymore, but at one point McDonald's owned Chipotle, right? Because Chipotle was like this hip, or maybe it was Moe's. It was one of those fast casual places, it's like, okay, like McDonald's was the unhealthy spot, fast food. And then this one's kind of like fast casual, a little bit healthy. Illusion of choice. All the money's still going to the same company, but the illusion of choice. So guys, look around. Who's Who are those businesses that you screenshot and save on Instagram, right? Man, they, they doing their thing. Man, I want to work with them. Man, I like what they're doing. Well, hit them up. Hit them up. Let's come together. Let's build together. Are you going to let the name on the wall be the thing that holds you back? A lot of people don't know this fun fact, right? So I'm telling my age a little bit. But back in the day, my mom used to take me to uh, First Union Bank, right? They used to have these nice little lollipop, green lollipops. She used to love them. And then one day, First Union was just up and gone. Didn't see First Union anywhere. And it was thought that Wachovia, which is now Wells Fargo, Wachovia acquired First Union. But the reality was... Wachovia had better rapport with the general public, but First Union, I guess, had the, the money to be able to acquire Wachovia. Now, what if First Union was just like, well, we want people to know our name. That, that That's the thing that matters. What if, what if they hung their hat on that, right? Then they wouldn't have been able to acquire that business and still get the money on the back end, right? And of course, you know, the history now is that Wachovia in the financial crisis ultimately was absorbed by Wells Fargo, but it's important to understand how these things work, right? The players, at some of the, the biggest plays in business Business is mergers and acquisitions. That's where the real money is, right? Private equity, buying these companies, MA. But we, we got to stop playing small. So if we want to win, if we want to win big, we got to make big plays, right? And we can't let our ego get in the way. And not to mention, it's going to make your life so much easier because typically a founder of a company is a hardworking, highly intelligent, right? Because they had to do so much on their own. So imagine now being able to split the workload and ha or maybe they have a two-man team, you have a two-man team and y'all, you know, are so hardworking, so great at what you do. And now it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have to think of everything. I don't have to do everything. I have somebody who is, is willing to carry this burden with me, right? It will take you so much further. So again, number two, we must be willing to consolidate, merge, and come together to grow faster. 
know, a lot of people are looking for alternate ways to make additional income, whether that's so that they can pay off their debt so that they can, you know, travel more or so that they can, you know, save and invest more. They're just looking for ways to make more money. And sometimes, you know, getting another job isn't the answer. Maybe sometimes your business is, you know, doing exactly what it can do right now, but you're just looking for that ideal way to make some significant extra income. And so I've tried out a lot of different things. And over the years, I've figured out some things that have worked really, really well. And I wanted to make sure that you guys had access to those resources. So I put together what I call the Side Hustle Bootcamp. And in this bootcamp, I'm going to show you four tried and true ways. One that I absolutely love um, that will show you how to put more money in your pocket. I'm talking not hundreds, but thousands upon thousands of dollars that you can use um, to benefit you, right? Whether whatever the goal is, whether you want to travel more, whether you want to put some more money in the bank, whether you want to invest more, save more, um, do something nice for your kids or for your significant other, the side hustle boot camp is going to show you how to do that. So if you haven't already, click the link in the show notes, check it out. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss out on this opportunity. This information can, can completely transform your financial situation. So check it out. I'll see you on the inside. I've made it extremely affordable so that there's no excuse and no buried entry. See you soon. Now, let's talk about the third thing. We have to create a centralized place to identify the businesses that exist to not only know who to support, but to also be able to pool our dollars together to help those businesses grow and leverage the power of group economics. Okay. I know that was a mouthful. Let me just summarize that for you. There's a lot of threads going around, like tag this black owned business, support black. These are the black owned restaurants. That's great. Right. That's a great first step. There is current databases, some that are updated, some that are not, that are doing their absolute best to aggregate the black owned businesses that we have in this country. Right. That's a great step. Great stride. However, what we are missing is the transactional component of being able to say, hey, okay, I want to be able to go to one place, know where these black businesses are, know the black businesses that need funding, need capital, that are accepting funding, that are accepting capital, that want to grow and scale to the next level since one, like I said earlier, we're not getting the funding that we need. We need to do it ourselves. And it's not like we don't have the money. We absolutely have the money. Right. You got crowdfunding campaigns like Don Dixon. Shout out Don Dixon, who I've been an advocate for, invested in both rounds, promoted. And she raised over a million bucks in 28 days. Right. She raised over two million dollars over, you know, twice. She raised a million bucks twice. Right. The first time I think it was maybe don't quote me on this. Definitely. I think less than 60 days. And the first time and the second time it was like 28. The money is there, but people have to know where to go now. Her. Her campaign was hosted on a site that had all sorts of companies, right? Not specifically black owned. Probably the vast majority weren't black owned, but we need a place to aggregate all of the black owned businesses that need funding, right? So that we know how how to invest and who needs the money to help them grow, right? We need that. The other thing that we need with that is sometimes... Let's just say a business has a minimum investment that's a little bit higher because they don't want, you know, 10,000 people to give equity away to, right? Maybe they say, hey, if I could just get, you know, 100 people uh, to come up with five grand, we're going to be in there, right? Well, you might not have five grand. So wouldn't it be nice if on this same platform, we could essentially 
partner up and say, hey, look, I ain't got five. I got five on it. <laughs> but you don't have to put the whole five on it, right? But you uh, can go in half, right? How powerful would that be? Our own platform. And I'm not done researching. So if you listen to this podcast, please tell me if there's a platform right now that exists that I can go to it. It's exclusive to black owned businesses. I can search crowdfunding campaigns or some type of investment campaign and I can invest in that company on the platform. Does that exist? If it exists, let me know so I can I can go invest in them to, to make it more aware because I've never heard of it. Right. But if it doesn't exist, we need it. Right. And that is what I believe to be kind of my three point plan to change the narrative on black wealth. Right. And let me recap. Be willing to be temporarily inconvenienced in order to give the black owned business the support and time it needs to grow. Black businesses must be willing to consolidate, merge and come together in order to grow faster. We need a centralized platform that will aggregate all of the black owned businesses that are seeking funding that we can invest in on the platform, right? That's what we need. Now, if number three exists, by all means, let me know. I don't think it does. So I feel like I'm compelled in charge to make this happen. And I'm going to do everything I can to bring it to life because I, I know that the money is there. I know that we have the ability to fund our own projects. We have to be willing to come together, right? And we have to have access and visibility to what's even out there. So again, I just wanted to unpack some of the thoughts that I was sharing on social media a little bit further because, you know, everybody has a different role in this fight. Some people are, are activists on the front lines from a social justice standpoint. Some folks are in their political bag. Me, right? I'm the economics guy. I want to provide insight, resources, value, and tangible opportunities to shift the economic piece of this movement because that is so important. Um, I've seen a few people talk about it now, but before I saw it anywhere, good buddy of mine who dropped so many gems in my Instagram inbox. I mean, every day he's hitting me with the gems, right? He shared this idea that if every black person, right, got a half a million, million dollars worth of life insurance, guess who becomes the advocate for ending black death and police brutality? The insurance companies, right? Because our life does matter to them. Half a million dollars worth to be exact, a million dollars to be exact, right? And just thinking about things on a high level like that, not to mention we all need life insurance anyway to make sure our family's good, right? So just little things like that. But again, shout out to Carlo. I know you uh, listen to most of the podcast, bro, so I appreciate your support. Appreciate all the gems you share. You know, I do a lot of personal development and research myself, but I am connected to some very great people who impart wisdom in me and he's one of those guys and just wanted to definitely give him a shout out and encourage him to put out some content because he be sharing all this game privately i mean this dude is just like a walking knowledge bank so carlo i'm calling you out it's time to get that content out brother but anyways guys i hope this episode was helpful uh again i, I have a few more solo episodes that i got to get out just because you know i have some things i want to share with you guys i have some things i think are important to um important to get out to the world right now. Uh, we're still in this pandemic, might even experience a second wave. And there's been some things I've shared on my stories that I wish I would have went ahead and time stamped it on the podcast because they've already come true. Uh, but it's not about that, right? It's about sharing information when you can. Um, but I do have a platform and I have a responsibility. And so I want to make sure that I get this information
reaching out to you guys. Guys, you know my heart. You know my mission is to help serve people of color. So if anything I've shared on this podcast today, if you feel like there's folks that are advocating this message, folks that are doing this, um, if I'm missing the mark on my research, please let me know. I haven't dived extremely deep on every aspect of this. So I'd love to you know collaborate, get on board with people who are moving this along. Like I said, I know there's you know some black owned directories and e-commerce platforms. Shout out to We Buy Black. Uh, but if you've heard anything that functions like what I mentioned, please let me know because uh, I don't have to build it. I can invest in it. I am a venture capitalist, a, a budding venture capitalist. I've invested in four startups. Uh, just solidify one additional investment today as we speak, as a matter of fact. So you know, it's not about me. I just want to see this thing come to life and, and provide the support, whether it be um, from an economic standpoint or from an insta- insight and advisor perspective. You know, I just want to see this concept come to life. Uh, I am currently working on it and I'm going to keep working on it until I hear otherwise. Most people hold their ideas close to the chest and don't talk about things until they're completely done. And I used to be that guy. But when I realized how much effort it takes to execute and bring something to life at scale, uh, I stopped caring about holding my ideas close to the chest because humbly speaking, people ain't about to do this work. You know what I'm saying? Um, But what you can do if you think that this is a worthy cause is there will be a link in the show notes to add your black owned business or share this with any black owned business that you know. Um, I am currently collecting data on black owned businesses, not to create another directory, but to understand what exists what gaps that we have in the space uh, so that we can identify, you know, where there's opportunity um, to make sure that we build our own so that there isn't gaps on these services so that we're not forced to go back to other businesses when we can't find it. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning into the episode. I hope you guys have a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?